Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage, here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchie from Kimberly, Fox Valley Throws. Yeah, all over the place over there. Coach, what's going on, man? How we doing? Hey, another great week of athletics. We're getting to be that time of the year where it's postseason and super excited for all those athletes that are have that opportunity, embrace that opportunity, and really enjoy the, that time that you get to compete and when the yeah. nerves start kicking in they just remember you put the time you put the effort in and you have a great opportunity to do something special well what's really neat dean as you come to the end of seasons and we're seeing this right with the nba finals with the miami heat um it's always fun to kind of get to the end of the season and look back at those preseason rankings so many people make such a big deal hey we're ranked number one and we're this and we're that and I mean, even in college, you see it now, you know, schools are getting ranked on what they did like the last couple of years. So like Georgia's obviously going to be number one in college football, but you know, that's what they've done the last two years. You know, a lot of times, you know, you guys in football are ranked pretty high based on, you know, your track record, which, you know, there's some validity to, to that, right? It's a safe estimation, but a lot of times I, I think kids and and parents and and families and everybody gets too caught up and what the preseason says, um, because you have so many, you have so much time that the off season, you're developing new kids. Some kids have graduated. You don't know what the culture is in the off season. And so I think these preseason rankings, and I think we do, we do way too much of it, especially in high school, because at the end of the day, you, you there's so many variables that go into it. And so I, I don't know, what do you guys see over there? I mean, you guys, I mean, you guys are right in the thick of it. Yeah, Brian, I think the big thing with uh, the rankings is not only team rankings, but individual rankings as well. I think, right. you know, people that, you know, athletes that, you know, some of these private, you know, places are these, some of these, uh, what, what are you going to say, you know, different types of rankings. There's all different types in all different sports and people get ranked, you know, this position and this year and all this. I think you just have to take that and yeah, you know, Take it maybe as motivation if you're not ranked as high as you think you are. And if you're ranked high, just remember that somebody is always trying to increase their ranking and get better. So it's not where you are as far as a ranking. It's where you end up. For example, like now the postseason's starting. What There's only going to be so many teams that are going to be the teams that are going to hoist that trophy. So that's all that really matters. We know injuries can occur we, we know, you know, people can get suspended for reasons. There's all different types of things. People can get sick. Kids can get sick. So there's so many differences, you know, and things that can go on during the, the season that a lot of that can change. And I think that's what athletes got to understand. Be where your feet are. We've heard that from yeah. so many of our, our guests, right? Be in the moment. Be where your feet are. And just understand you can't control all that outside noise. Just do the best job you can, and, and what happens, happens. And as long as you're giving great effort, hey, that's all you can ask from a coaching standpoint and from an athlete standpoint, Brian. Well, I think, too, Dean, you know, you also have to look at where the rankings are coming from. And we see this in, in various sports. You know, you have these, these entities that are in some way tied to academies and tied because they, they get to run showcases there or they run AAU tournaments. So, of course... Some of these rankings are skewed based on, you know, the the friendships and the dollars that go in and out of this. My suggestion to, to athletes is you can't control 
somebody else's perception of you. And there's just no way you can control the way someone else perceives you. Um, you know, maybe you're undersized, you know, maybe you don't run the best 40, um, you know, somebody's looking at that number and, and, you know, they're skewing their judgment based off of that. And I think too much has been made Dean on, you know, so much, so many of these combines and so many of these other things, look, you can either play the sport or you can't play the sport. And that ultimately has to be the number one factor. Um, if you're going to take risks on kids, take risks on kids that are proven to be good kids, that are competitors, that are multi-sport athletes, um, that are successful in multi-sports. Because at the end of the day, those are the kids that know how to win and those are the kids that know how to compete. Um, and I think as an athlete, you need to find ways because it's the reality of what you're dealing with right now. And coaches, you're dealing with that with your athletes is that everybody's looking at these rankings. Uh, recruiting has changed so much you know coaches aren't on the road as much anymore um a lot of coaches quite frankly and whether you like this or not have gotten lazy in recruiting they want to you know they want they want help from everybody um you know and what they're doing and there's not a lot of real grinders you know out there in the recruiting trail i mean obviously you know our friend tim polisak you know it, he's out there you know pounding the pavement all the time um but there's not a lot of guys like him anymore in the recruiting path they want to look at rankings they want to look at the height and weight chart. They want to look at, you know, all these things that may or may not, you know, be the most influential thing on whether or not the kid's going to be a good player or not. And, you know, as, as an athlete, Dean, just like you said, guys, you got to control what you can control and, you know, show up, compete, you know, be a good person and, and move forward from there. Um. So anyways, as we get going here, we're going to, we got a sharpening the edge version of our podcast today. So we're going to talk about Coach Kaminsky and uh, Maria Stave, uh, a couple of the points that they brought up. But before we get there, make sure that you're sharing the show. Please share it with your athletes. I mean, that little bit that we did there, I mean, will affect a lot of your athletes. Uh, share it with coaches. Share it with people in the area. Share it with administrators. You know, I think a lot of our information can help out our administrators in the state of Wisconsin. Our summer sessions start. Obviously, we're opening our Menominee Falls Jim, June 1st, we're excited. Evaluations will start June 1st. Free evaluations, um, also free month of training will be involved in that. Tyler Leonard will be taking that uh, over and running. He's ultra excited about that. A lot of great things uh, coming there. Very appreciative to Dynamic Fitness for outfitting us once again uh, with top-of-the-line equipment. Uh, Dino, what do you got for Fox Valley Throws before we hit Coach K here? Yeah, ready to rock and roll. June fifth, we start. So oh, fire it. You know, there might be some schools that are still in school that week, but we will start. It starts at five o'clock till six thirty. It's at Kakana High School, Ooh. and we're really excited to get kids better in the summer. I think the summer is the biggest difference maker in helping kids really turn the corner and become much better in their sport as far as throwing goals. Well, you guys that go to state enjoy that Sunday off, and it's back at it. 24-hour yes. rule, right? 24-hour. Enjoy your success, and then you got to get better. People are chasing. Change your best. Coach K, Dino, had Coach Kaminsky, and what, I mean, just such great energy that he brought, uh, such an influential person in our state in multiple sports, right? Does so much for the athletes over at Sun Prairie and, and so many other athletes. Um, you know, one of the points that we really loved about what he talked about was going from an assistant coach to a head coach. And this can be this can pertain – not just, you know, in football or in the coaching ranks. It could also be if you're in the private sector, like some of my guys, 
you know, if you're an assistant, you're getting ready to be a director uh, at one of our gyms. Uh, I also took a Dean. I listened to that podcast a couple of times because I love Brian to death. Um, if you are a sophomore or a junior and you're looking to be a captain, you know, on the, uh, on your team, some great points there that he brought out. And I think the, his main point is continue to grow and ask questions, you know, um, you know, you really don't always have all the answers. You could be a head coach for one year or 20 years, and there's just answers that you got to go out and find. So don't be afraid to ask questions. And, you know, I see that with, with BK all the time. And I see it with so many other great coaches, the best coaches I've seen, Dean are the ones that are constantly learning, you know, they're constantly learning. They realize they don't have all the answers. They're, they're looking for a way maybe to get 1%, 2% better. And it's that growth mindset that you have to have as a coach. Brian, I think, yeah, Coach Kaminsky just had so many golden nuggets in that episode. And it was just so awesome to talk to a guy that is so passionate to help kids get better and, you know, the love for the game of football. But I think, you know, that too goes with that leadership and that captain roles is every team's got captains, athletes out there. If you're listening, don't be afraid to go up to the coach and say, I want to take on that responsibility of being a captain. Right. You know, I think kids need to be a little bit more, you know, as far as initiative, as far as getting themselves involved. If you go up to a coach and say, hey, I want this, that says a lot when you're a coach or like a business owner like yourself. When you have a person that's working for you and says, hey, I'd love to be a director one day, that excites you. Absolutely. And, and same thing, assistant coaches out there that are working, whatever sport it is, you know, take on extra responsibilities if you want to be that person someday, because you're going to need to know that. And yes, it's going to take more time on your part, but you will be much more prepared when your opportunity comes. And head coaches, if somebody on your staff wants to be a head coach, don't look at it as a threat that they might someday take your job away from you. Take it as a great mentoring opportunity to help that individual, you know, get that success later on or get that opportunity and do whatever you can to help that person in those respects you know, those situations. I think so many times, hey, I don't want to lose this great coach because he's on my staff. Well, you know what? If that coach really has a dream and a passion to progress in their field and their profession, don't hold them back. Right. Help them. And it's better for kids. It's better for the sport and all those type of situations. And I think that's huge. If you're an assistant, hey, that that's something that doesn't want to be, you know, you don't want to be a head coach or aspire to do that. Obviously, let the coach know as well, because I think the head coach has better communication with you and understands what can we do? What is your best fit for our program? And just having that open communication, I think, is so, so valuable. I knew right away when I was on a football staff and I was on a track staff, I did not want to be a head coach. I knew what my role was. Yeah. I knew where my passion laid. I knew the time constraints as far as being a head coach. And that just was something that wasn't on my plate. Just by like being an educator, I never wanted to be an administrator. And a lot of people say, why don't you become an athletic director? Why don't you become a principal? And I remember when I was back in graduate school, getting my master's in educational leadership, and the professor said, hey, Dean, I think you would make a great athletic director someday, great principal someday. And I said, you know, as of this time right now, I have nothing to do with it. I don't want nothing to do with it. Because what I saw many times is I love to be in a classroom. And just like you, Brian, you're a business owner, but you still love to train guys. Absolutely. 
you love being in there yeah. and having the building those relationships. And I just felt, hey, this is the best fit for me to be right there making an impact daily with the kids. And that's my why. I mean, that's why I love doing what I do, Brian. Well, I think too, Dean, as an assistant, you, you've got to prove that you can handle more. And I think one of the, the things I know with my assistants, I know the ones that I, I, I feel comfortable moving into, into a director's role because they're doing more and they're asking to do more. Hey, how can, you know, how, how can I help? You know, if you want to move up, you know, you have to do more. It's like, it, it's like anything. You don't just move up just because you're the next person in line. It doesn't work that way. Same as a captain. You don't just get to be a captain because you're a senior. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, age yeah. is the, age and seniority don't determine leadership. Actions do. Better write that one down, everybody. I write love, that one down. I love um, and, and so Coach Mangan's writing that one down right now. I know he is. Yes, um, he is. But at the end of the day, uh, if you are in, a, in an assistance role um, or you want to move up into a leadership role, Go up to your boss, go up to the head coach and say, Hey, you know, I, I, I want this. I'm aspiring to do this. What do I need to do? Chances are like, and this is how I handle it too. So I'm telling my staff right now how I would handle it if you want to move up. So hopefully you guys are listening. I'm going to give you remedial tasks to see if you can handle it. You know, remedial, something very basic to see if you can handle it. And two, the standard that you handle it at. So if you just get it done, that's not good enough. You know, I mean, if you want to run a program, run a gym, be a captain, you're the front, you're the face, you're the person out in front. And so moving up to being a head coach means that all eyes are always going to be on you. So if you're a person that, you know, maybe you're a little sloppy, maybe you're a little this, a little that, that trickles down. So then the people you're leading will think sloppiness is okay. Conversely, if you're the person that's always early, if you're the person that, you know, every single task is done at a high standard, that's going to rub off. So it's got, it's also about expectations on, on what you expect for yourself, first and foremost, and then what you expect for the other people that are around you. Brian, you know, big, big situation I had or experience I had when I did my internship down in Wisconsin, and right before you got down there, and I was doing that strength and conditioning internship under JD. And I know a lot of my friends were saying, what are you doing? You're doing you're doing an internship for free and you have to move there and you're paying rent and it's actually costing you money. I said, it's not. It, yeah, it's free, but I'm gaining so much valuable life lessons and things that are going to help me when I leave here. And I didn't look at it as like, hey, I was losing money. I was losing time. I'm working 12 hours a day. I'm doing all the work a lot of <clears> other <throat> people don't want to do. I looked at it as a great opportunity to show, hey, what kind of work ethic I have. And then I'm going to do the best job that I can where I'm at. And I'm going to take this when I leave here, whatever decision I decide to go to college ranks, go to the high school level and whatever. And I'm going to be a better teacher, a better coach because of the experiences and the relationships that I built at Wisconsin. And I do not regret that one bit that opportunity. And because of that opportunity, I got excellent references and I had many opportunities to do things when I left there and I chose to get into education. And I'm so glad I did. I love it, but that wasn't a waste of time. That was an opportunity. I think I had a huge competitive advantage over other people that were trying to get 
the job that I applied for. That's awesome. Coach K brought up a second great point, and it's something that really hits home with both of us because we've had to do this, is that's coaching your own son or coaching your own daughter, you know, if you're if you're doing that. And it's it's a hard scenario. We've touched on this topic before, Dean, a couple of times. One of the things that 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 Brian, you know, brought up was, you know, being hesitant with Jerry early on. You know what I mean? Instead of putting him in a situation where he felt like he was ready for. And, you know, we see it both ways, right? You see it where, you know, you're coaching your your son or daughter and you want to give them more opportunities, you know, than maybe they deserve or or so on. Um, and other times we see it where, you know, you have people that hold back because they're concerned. And a lot of times how you treat your son or daughter is really determined based on the perception that you feel others are thinking about you, right? Because it's, it, everybody thinks about it. When you coach your own kid, you, there's, there's no way you can't be thinking about the perception other people have on how you're treating your son or your daughter. Um, that's natural. Um, it's probably one of the hardest things in my opinion to do as a coach. Um, to me, coaching the, the hardest things for me were to coach my own kids in a sport, not in the weight room. Like the weight room is, you know, I, you know, things like that. But when you start talking about playing time, when you start talking about, you know, possibly moving up from, from freshman to JV or JV to varsity, um, things like that, everything is going to be under scrutiny. And so, you know, Brian did a great job of just saying, Hey, you know what? I got to the point where it's like, I got to play the best kid. And if my kid's the best kid, he's going to play and we got to roll with it. And, and so I think, and their relationship is very special. It's really fun to watch. Um, you know, I see a lot of, <clears throat> I see a lot of me with, with Jaden and Cameron. Uh, I haven't had a chance to coach Carson as much as I would have liked to, but, um, I see that relationship, you know, with, with them that I saw when, when I had my boys, right. You're, you're overly, um, sensitive to their technique, overly sensitive to making sure they're doing things right. Right. Because you want the best for your son. Um, but also you, you expect them to be at a high standard. And so uh, just great points that he brought on that. And again, take it, take it for what it's worth. Um, you know, when I coached Jaden, I got to the point, and this is something, if you're, you're coaching one of your kids, this is something I would strongly, strongly suggest. After the game, don't talk about the game in the car ride home. Stay away from it. Stay away from it because there's too many emotions. Uh, there, there, there's emotions that can lead to a lot of different, you know, bad things in, in your relationship with your son or daughter, um, especially after tough losses, especially after poor performances, uh, especially after you as a coach may have, you know, said something during the game to your son or daughter that may have, you know, hurt them. Stay away from it. You know, let it cool down. Um, when you get back home, maybe address it then. But that car ride home can be a very volatile situation. Um, so really find other things to talk about while you guys both decompress and, and, and then get into it. Obviously, if there's something that's straining the relationship, you have to address it. You know, you have to address it. And athletes, if you're being coached by your parents, you know, there's ways to to share your feelings with your mom or dad um, without being standoffish. You know what I mean? Your mom or dad are coaching, one, probably because they have expertise, and two, because they love you. That's really all. You know what I mean, uh, coaching at some point is, is is not as glorious as everyone thinks it is. So handle it with, with care when you're talking to each other on that. Right. I love that what BK said, just listening to his wife. I think that's so important. I think if anyone knows yeah. their child, 
better than anyone. It's the mother. Right. And uh, when, when his, when his wife, you know, the mother of, of Jerry, obviously, you know, gave her, you know, or I should say gave Brian some insight on the situation, you know, how to deal as with a parent, it. right. She was as talking, parent. To she was Absolutely. essentially talking to his coach as a parent, even though he's her husband. Yeah. Yeah, it was just unbelievable advice. And I think sometimes coaches, we have to understand that, you know, we have to really consider other people's advice when it comes to those type of situations. It was just great that BK took the advice uh, of, of his wife and it ended up being a lot better, probably from him, from him mentally and obviously for Jerry's case as well. So just make sure you kind of always put that shoe on the other foot and you know and work together and, and again i love your advice brian is it, it's hard i think as parents if something doesn't go right during the game and and you mentioned that and try to keep that out of there there's a time and a place for that and always just remember just you're so proud to watch your kids son and daughters compete and it's not the end of the world you lose a game you miss a shot it's i always say controlling the controllables if, if they're controlling the controllables or being a great teammate, they got great effort. They're doing those things that they can control regardless of their athleticism and how they play. Hey, those are always things that I always looked for and really like the compliment. I loved your hustle. Hey, I love, you know, the way you high-fived your teammate and you encourage your teammates and Hey, you didn't win, but I love the way you went over and congratulated those other yep you know, players on the other team and it was first class, win or lose. You didn't pout. You had great body language. You know, those are the things when I coach my kid and, and you know, in youth teams that I really tried to, you know, understand is making sure those kids understand the values and the things that they learn from playing athletics is really what counts. Right. And they're never going to remember if they won the fourth grade, you know, tournament and at Sun Prairie or in, in Madison, the bottom line is the laughs and the and the fun and you know understanding the fundamentals of the sport. Are you teaching them the correct way? And are you being positive? And are they learning the values of being a great teammate, a great um, person on the team? Well, just one more thing on that topic, Dean. Too, if you're an assistant coach and your head coach is coaching their son or daughter, sometimes you got to step in and, and you know point out, kind of like Jerry's you know mom did, point yeah. out to the head coach, hey, you know you're you're being too hard right now on your own kid. I had, I'm very fortunate when I was in, you know, little league and youth baseball, we had travel team stuff. I had a couple guys, you know, that would keep me in check with Jaden because I was overly hard on him sometimes, you know, because baseball was my sport and I expected so much out of him. And sometimes I pressed too hard, yes. you know, in front of people. And I had coaches that stepped in and said, Hey dude, you know, your relationship with your son is, is more important than us winning a game. You know, so you got to take a step back and, and sometimes assistant coaches, right. That's a hard conversation because that person is either your boss or they're the person that's in charge of the team. But at the same time, the, the athlete needs to take first priority. And if you see things that are out of line, you know, there's ways to handle it, sit down and have a conversation about it. And if you're the parent and you're coaching it, like you said, Dean, accept that, listen to it, hear it. You, you don't have to agree with it. You know, there, there's nothing that said hard conversations have to, you know, end in an agreement. But at the end of the day, you got to listen to it and take it for what it's worth. Yeah, and athletes, and I know this is probably expected a lot, depending on the age of the athlete. But understand, if your parent is is coaching, they're trying to do the best job they can. And they're not going to be perfect. 
and don't expect you know, you know your mom or dad not to make a mistake in coaching. There's that like, yeah, there's coaching books out there that'll help you, but bottom line is every situation is different, and they're gonna make mistakes. And so understand if something doesn't go right, hey, if you're an individual and that's bugging you, have that conversation with your parent. And parents understand, hey, if you feel something just isn't you know looking good or didn't feel good. Or, you know, your son or daughter was disappointed, maybe something you said or something that happened at practice or in a game. Try to have those conversations, those one-on-ones, and just work together and understand and admit, hey, I made a mistake, because we all do. And I, I think, you know, even their sports coaches, when we tell our team, hey, I, I made a mistake, I did this wrong, I did that wrong, showing kids that you're athletes, that you're human, I think is huge. Yeah. Because sometimes... You know, coaches are out there and they're thinking, well, I'm never making a mistake. And if I do make a mistake, I don't want to admit I made the mistake. I think that only gives you more credibility with your team and your athletes when you say, I got to own this. And I have to have extreme ownership over this. And this is on me. And I could have did a lot better. And I'm going to learn from it. And I'm going to change some things the next time. Well, Dean, we're going to transition here from football slash track over to softball. Uh, Maria Stave, who was who was our guest uh, last week, incredible job. She's, you know, I was able to visit with her a little bit last week uh, over at her facility, her and her sister, and just it's such an incredible um, system that they have over there at 360U for both baseball and softball now in the Oshkosh area. But I think one of the things that we talked about kind of right after she got off the air was her first love was volleyball. Yes. You know I mean, her she had a, she had a different different sport in mind that she was going to play, um, you know, in college. And I think the lesson that I got out of this is that you should never have a fear to go introduce yourself to someone or go have a conversation with someone because you never know where it will lead. And I can share, you know, the story of when I got hired at Wisconsin. I remember John Detman calling me, had an interview uh, wanted to schedule it for the following week. And I said, I'll be in my car. I'll be there in eight hours. You know, when the opportunity's right, you have to go strike. Um, that is something that that's missing in our culture right now, Dean. Kids, young athletes, they don't know, even know how to have a conversation because they're on their phones, things like that. So that's something to practice. And it's a great lesson to learn that you just never know. Uh, you never know the person that you may have a conversation with that'll change your life. Uh, and I can share, I mean, I could share all day different people I've had, but I think the other thing that is a really good message for athletes out there and coaches to talk to your athletes, what if she would have just said, you know, I want to be a volleyball player in college and quit playing softball and, and done the quote unquote specialization that everyone's trying to tell our kids that they need to do. You know, I mean, she talked about how she still played rec ball, even though she was on a travel team, she still did all the things you know, with her, her, you know, her city teams or her town teams and just played for fun. I mean, think of if she would have just given all that up. And so many kids are doing that right now. They're chasing the dream at 12 years old. Guys, play sports until someone says you can't anymore. You know, until until someone says, hey, you know, maybe you're you're not a good fit for our team. You're not good enough to play. Just keep playing, right? The opportunities are going to come. And I mean, we see it. I mean, we've talked about on so many things on our podcast, Dean, Hopefully this message is getting across because th- there's just too much push for these kids to specialize anymore. And the ultimate letdown 
is a kid that specializes and either doesn't even get to go to college or he's chasing the D1 dream. And, you know, maybe uh, it's a division three, three school is the only opportunity. And then they just don't play in college because they just want to play D1, which is completely garbage. I mean, we could talk about that all day long. So just, just kids play, just keep playing. I love that, Brian. And I think too many kids, it's sad when, when you see athletes give up other sports that probably, in my opinion, lots of times they're giving up the sport that they think could be the best in. And they really just don't even realize that at the time. And I think you have to have that honest conversation or that meeting with yourself and understand is where do I really fit? Because I think so many times athletes have this misperception that they think they're way better than what they are. And I think that is, is a serious problem. And they have to understand, yes, if you have a love for that, great. But you don't have to give up the other things. And just being a multi-sport athlete, we know we talked about this a ton of times on the podcast, but it's going to help you. It's not going to – too many kids are burning out. Maria talked about that, you know, the burnout rate, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, so many times – a person tries a different sport and all of a sudden they find out that love of their sport when they're younger has totally changed. And that's kind of what happened with Maria. And she was going to go to Stevens point, be a pointer and, and do the volleyball thing. And she took this opportunity and, and did softball and she doesn't regret it. And I think it's probably better mentally for her and just athletes, just be open. And so, so many kids are so ready to just turn that corner in their sport and then they quit i see right. this happen all the time and it's such a pet peeve of mine it's like you have to be patient athletes nobody gets great at anything by doing it just a little bit you have to persevere you have to keep what we always say watering it you have to just Heard it you have to just keep doing that and so many kids sometimes at the if they are a multiple sport athlete they get to the end of the sport right away. It's not going as great as they wanted it to. And right away, they're just thinking of the next sport. And they're not even finishing the sport that they're in going 100%. So you have different scenarios there. And you, again, you have to be where your feet are. We said this, go hard, finish. The off season's coming up and continually work on your skills to get better. Athletes, you'll change so much in just the summer coming up. You will change so much. Coaches, you will be a much better coach in just one summer if you are consistently getting better every day. And I think those are very important pieces in whatever you do in life. If you consistently do something, and that's why I talk about don't break the chain in the Fox Valley Throws Club. It's all about consistently becoming better, becoming better in the skill of your sport. My case for the throws club, it's throwing a shot, putting a discus better. Then it's about getting better as a academically as an athlete, because we know academics is very important as far as if you want to get to that next level and then being better as a person. We yep. talk about it all the time. So not only when you go to Sports Advantage or Fox Valley Throws Club, are you going to learn to maybe get stronger and work on being more athletic and work on throwing a shot and discus better, but there's a bigger picture which really going to help you later on in life. And, and that is so important for people to understand. I think, Dean, you talked about burnout too. I think the other topic we, we talked about with Maria is just how her and Joel both came from, you know, 
strong family of, of prioritizing family as well as athletics and having a balance with that. And I think coaches, this, this falls in your lap on, on not pressuring kids when they go on vacation on, on not making them feel guilty, you know, because maybe their, their brother or sister has an eighth grade graduation. They're going to miss a weight training session or an open gym to go to their, their family's graduation or parents, you know, birthday party or anniversary or so many things like that, guys, most of your kids are going to be done with sports in high school or before, you know? And so at the end of the day to try and, you know, squeeze, you know, I, I th what was that thing that Ray said? He goes, I don't think that, that, that juice is worth the squeeze or juice something. Isn't worth the, squeeze. the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, let's, let's get back to making sure that the family is, is a very important part of these kids' lives and encourage that. Right. We have to encourage that as coaches. I had I had a great conversation, Dean, with with my staff on on Friday. Is that a lot of these things that we talk about aren't being talked about anywhere else for them than, than what we talk about at Sports Advantage, with discipline, with saying thank you to their parents, with being appreciative, with getting your eyes up on a coach, um, and that's why a lot of times when you talk to kids about it, they're just kind of like, I don't know, you know what I mean. I mean, you know, have some standards around your house to try and really establish that. Put the phones away at dinner. You know what I mean? If you're doing, if you're playing a family game, put the phones away. You know, be like you said, Dean, be where your feet are. You know what I mean? And, and, and at the end of the day, parents, don't be afraid to take a vacation in the summer with your kids. Take them somewhere. Um, and that's something that, that I, I can speak myself. I've struggled with. You know, God, I don't want to miss a tournament. God, I don't want to miss work. God, I don't want to miss this. What are people going to think of me if I'm, if I'm out this? I got to the point where it's like, you know what? My kids and and my my family that that's got to come first, and I the actions that I portray have to show that they're first, you know. And so as as parents and and coaches, we have to really foster that with kids, because at the end of the day, that's something that's really lost right now. And if you don't foster it, and and it's all about you know work 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 get better get better get better get better all that stuff like that kids are going to burn out because the majority of the kids don't have that that alpha sense you know like a Kobe Bryant you know everybody wants to compare themselves they got the mamba mentality guess what very few people have that guys you know what I mean so it's great to chase it but at the end of the day you have to understand that he is an extreme he's not even an outlier he is an extreme outlier okay and I guarantee you. I guarantee you, and, and again, this is a little creepy to think. You ask Kobe Bryant today if you had the chance, if he had the chance, if he knew now, okay, what happened to him, would he have done things differently? I guarantee you he would have. Because we all think, okay, and we all think that there's gonna be time. We all think there's gonna be time to spend with my mom or dad as an athlete. We all think there's gonna be time to spend with our kids. Guess what, guys? Goes by that fast. So don't wait another second, spend time with your family. Last thing, Brian, I just want to talk about with that is, is athletes just, you know, be smart about camps you choose, you know, and, and set some goals in the summer. I think some of these kids, you know, come up and, and they tell me their schedule and it's just like overwhelming. And I don't think that's healthy for you either. I think you got to look at some situations and say, hey, I can do this. I can do that. But if every weekend is taken up during your whole summer and you're spending lots and lots of money 
to go to all these camps and they're out of state and everything else, I would just really consider what are your goals and what are you trying to accomplish in the summer? Because I think there's a lot of opportunities for you to get better, but you have to be consistently at whatever you do. And you can't be sitting in eight hour car rides and, and, uh, you know, all the days of the week and missing so much family time. Again, it's not healthy. And two, I don't really know if it's the best path for success. And, you know, just be careful athletes out there. Be careful parents. Just because you're busy doesn't mean it's good. You know, I think sometimes people think, you know, it's like in a work world. Hey, I worked a 10-hour day. Well, was it productive? Could I really have done it in six hours and spent more quality family time for my mental health and for the mental health of my family? Or is a lot of that just wasted time? And yeah, I could say I'm worked 10, 12 hours, but I really could have got those 10, 12 hours done in six hours and had more time for my family. The other thing, Dean, too, is that that's part of the college. That's part of the college recruiting their fault. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like we see it all the time. Well, I, I can't offer a kid till he comes to camp. Okay. You know, like I get part of that, you know, and some of the guys that do that, I, I think are genuine in that. Offer the camp for free. Let the kids come for free then. Make it an invite only for free so they don't have to pay. Because otherwise, I, I had a kid last year that did 12 camps in 21 days. And you want know what the caveat is, Dean? He got he's hurt. Not playing, he's not playing. He got hurt and he's not playing college football. Yep. So he spent the whole month of June driving to camps all over the Midwest. He's not playing. Um, and he got hurt. Yep. So at the end, and, and at the end of the day, like, these camps aren't aren't cheap to come to for a day, you know. And I understand universities. There's there's expenses that go along with everything, things like that. You want to pay coaches, stuff like that. Guess what, guys? You know, at some point, parents are just going to start stop, start saying, "No, we're not we're not coming." You know what I mean? And, and the mid level schools are going to start losing a lot of kids because, like, I don't want to travel my son to Utah and then three days later, you know, go to go to North Dakota and then three, you know, a day later go to Illinois. A day later, go to Minnesota. Day later, go to Ohio. Bang, 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 bang. Like, and at the end of the day, like parents, like, like that's hard to afford. So now you're talking about the haves and have-nots, you know. And so I think universities and colleges and coaches, you guys got to be better at that, man. Um, give these kids a chance, you know. Whether it's the NCAA or whoever it is, find a, a way to do regional invites so they can do it for one day versus getting on campus. Um, you know, because we're talking about the kids that are marginal that they're looking at, like four or five star recruits are getting recruited. You know, I've got a kid, you know, that I work with. I mean, he's getting recruited by every school in the country. He doesn't need to. He He's like, I don't need to go to camp. Why would I go to camp? You know what I mean? And his dad's smart enough to understand, well, we're not sending him to camp. Like his game film shows everything. He's getting offers. Why go? We're not talking about those kids. You know what I mean? We're talking about the kids that are just trying to be seen. So now you're talking about. 250 kids at a camp and you're, you're all vying for one scholarship. I mean, really is, is worth it. You know what I mean? And so, you know, we're just asking parents, just be smart, you know, have educated conversations, ask real questions. And then coaches, you know, at the college level or even at the high school level, be honest. Like if you don't think the kid can play, just tell the parents so they don't waste their money coming out there. You know, is that extra hundred bucks in your pocket really make that big of a difference long-term in your career? I don't think it does. Brian, huge shout out too. 
is Maria talked about all the WIAC schools and the Division three programs. Yeah. And what a difference you know that can make with athletes. So I want to just put a huge shout out. One, we couldn't do this podcast if we didn't give a huge shout out to Cam Bot for graduating from Ripon College and his unbelievable you know experience. And you talked a little bit about that in the last episode. But it, it's so important. Hey Dean. Athletes. Hey Dean. Cam Bot's got a couple shout outs now in the last couple of weeks. His his. His ass needs to get to work now. We need to start. <laughs> we need, he he's gotten a couple shout outs now. It's time for him to start working. We'll see what the if the what the degree is made out of now. Oh yeah, we're gonna yeah. get real world experience. But to all the D three athletes out there, you know, continue to cherish and be where your feet are. We've said that numerous times in this episode, and enjoy the process and understand the life lessons that you are learning from competing at that are going to make you a better person. Cambot, you will be a better employee if you someday work for Sports Advantage or decide to do something different. You are going to be a better person and a better employee or a better business owner because of your experience, and I guarantee you that. Well, I hope so. <laughs> well, that's about it for this episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. Dean, some great, great topics, both of our guests. You know, Coach Kaminsky, uh, obviously, you know, you know how much I love working for your program. Maria, it's been great the last couple of weeks connecting with you. Obviously, I think we, we have a good relationship that we're building um, together right now. Really love what they're doing in the Fox Cities, Dean. So um, make sure if you're a softball or baseball player, you know, in that area, check them out because their facility is awesome. Uh, their leadership uh, and what they're doing, both from a training and mindset perspective, uh, is fantastic. Fox Valley throws. If you are a thrower uh, in the Fox Valley area, get with Dean. Um, you know, his, his kids typically, you know, are on the podiums, you know, so he knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for a long time. little plug for sports advantage, obviously. Um, you know, if you want to be a part of a great culture that, that focus on being consistent, relentless effort and love and ownership, you know, we've got, we've got it for you. So that's going to end this episode of the get your edge podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners. Make sure you share the show and we will see you next time. Chop it.